0: We need to build societies that are not founded on the violent presuppositions of liberalism, but on the peace of Christ. To do this, we need to acquire a fresh, spiritual way of thinking beyond the boring categories that modernity has to offer. Catholic social teaching is this fresh way of thinking. I'm Jacob fareed Imam From Post-Liberal Thought, this is The Catholic Social Difference with Andrew Willard Jones. We discussed in the first podcast that Adam was put in the garden to arrange all of it towards a proper end. The proper end being adoration of God. Even though it's a pre-fall state, it's not all uniformity. There will naturally be some differences.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I actually I think the differences are 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 crucial because the the beauty. Right. of yeah. what adam is creating is part of the way you worship god and beauty is intrinsically creative it's not like oh look he, he followed my instructions and built me my perfect temple that i get, told him what to do it's like no it's a gift wow. it's like god's like i didn't see that coming i mean to be a little flippant but you know what i mean like yeah like yeah. wow look at what they built for me i mean so the creativity is not is not secondary and the creativity yeah. is where you get the diversity Right? Like, what, do, you, do you do this or that? Well, which one? Well, that's, that's how you give glory to God, by picking one. No, <laughs>
0: that picking or that, those, those creative acts right. are instantiation of human laws is what we're, we're yes, calling they're, them. Yes, yeah, human law. And what human laws try to do or what they actually do is embody in flesh, materialize the natural law which are inclinations in man's heart toward the proper
1: ends. The human law is us fulfilling our commission, right? It's us being us, us doing it. So the natural law is what we are to do, and, and the human law is us doing it.
0: To uh, go a few more steps forward, we need to at least look again, I think, at Adam as, as prophet, priest, and king, which is something that um, I should have brought up. And right. Maybe we have we have a moment now to, to discuss because I think without that we'll be lost in what happens in the next next phases of Genesis.
1: Yeah. So well, I mean to just be very very summary in this. Yeah. yeah. That all three of those are, are mediating offices. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So so the king mediates order, mm-hmm. the, the 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 subduing and having dominion over we might think as being kingly. Right. The prophetic is that mediation of the law, like the eternal law, which we participate in through our natural law, and then we mediate. So it, that is intellectual. The truth is mediating through us. Mm. And we are, as prophets, what are we doing? We're speaking the word of God, right? right. We're speaking in human language. So you might say like in, in our human law, the truth. Just because we're, we're dealing with so many different categories of law here, we can just say that the eternal law is truth. Yes. Truth itself. Truth itself. Sure. Yeah. So the mediation of truth to each other and to the cosmos as a whole mm-hmm. is prophetic. Yeah. And then the priesthood is the sanctification, right? So all of the cosmos participates in Adam's holiness, his original holiness, and his adoration of God, his worship of God, which is a priestly mediation. But of course, all three of them are the same thing in Adam. He is, again the the material and spiritual
0: being the the linchpin the hinge hinge
1: of of the cosmos right his
0: role as priest is to assume everything up of the material world ordering it aright but also bringing it up into him so that he might use the material world to worship
1: god yeah it worships god through him so So in this and this we can call original justice everything good, being right. positioned in where it ought to be in order to satisfy the overall common good. Right. Right? But yeah. the common good now is not is not some sort of accumulation of individual goods, but it's the common good is the end of the cosmos as a whole. All the pieces are participating right. in that common good. So, it's not it's not a shared good. It's a common good, which is a good that one can only have when it's had together when it's had together
0: yeah so just because that is a a, a often confused term um where i've heard such examples as
1: uh we need to have street lights in downtown for the common good Um, right i see i would say those are public goods and the difference would be the difference is simple it's like you can imagine every person vanishing in the world but you and the street lights still work for you. <laughs> right. Like the good yeah. the streetlights provide. It's still good. You still you still yeah. have it. Yeah, yeah, like they're and working awesome. and you can see where you're going. But you don't but need you don't, everyone you don't else. need everyone else in order yeah. to enjoy that good. Right. You yeah. need everyone to build it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You need other people, but you don't need it to enjoy it. Right. Right, which is different than say the good of a father and a son, where the good of fatherhood requires the good of sonship. Mm-hmm. Right? Like in order to enjoy being a good father, your son must be in, be enjoying the same relationship. Right. And if he's not there, or if he's not enjoying it, yep. you're not.
0: So when you speak about, so it's
1: shared. It's a common good.
0: Right. Right. And so when you speak about the common good of a city, it's it it can only be realized when all of the citizens are
1: operating in their own places. A right, which is another word for justice. Mm-hmm. So that's the original justice. The 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 common good. You know, these are. These yep. are word, these are the words that we're using, and before the fall, they take on these cosmic dimensions, and they don't have any of the sort of um, narrowly political connotations.
0: Right, absolutely. That comes later. Yeah. So this is Adam's role in the beginning: prophet, priest, and king. For him, there's no division. There's a couple things I wanted to ask you about the temptation of Adam and Eve. Should we start at the at the first
1: first idea of of being like god in this context i think part of what it means to be like god is to no longer be a mediator of truth but to be the origin of it
0: so then when 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 it's said earlier in genesis that adam is made in the image and likeness of god Mm -hmm. what is that likeness speaking to that this likeness is not
1: okay so obviously the, the theological discussion on this is infinite sure infinitely immense so let's just whatever we say here is focused on the 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 sort of question at hand yeah which is a sort of social question absolutely yep Yep. so what what i think would be important for us is is that adam is like god in in his creative capacity Hmm. okay so he's creating a world yeah yeah right he he he's not creating out of nothing like god but he is he is creating. Like when he names the animals, where is that coming from? Right. So when the church you know, so, fathers
0: talk about man's rational nature being a way in which he images God, we are now using the creative that's the, nature. That's the, that's the, the, and they're the way of synonymous the same thing. Right. It's like yeah. to to mm-hmm.
1: see, understand, and to then to build. And so he's he's building a world that is in a sense the completion of God's creation. Right? Like world is created to give glory to god it mm-hmm. gives glory to god through man's creation so there there is the image and likeness of god well at least one aspect
0: of so that. then when satan the serpent comes to adam and says that you will be like god or to eve rather right um what is that likeness in in, in i guess he kind of specifies right afterwards that you will know good and evil did adam not know good and evil prior to this
1: prior? well i mean let's think about that he he mediated good yeah didn't he mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. so he must have been able but did to identify he know it right it? Yeah. Mm. yeah 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 but he but he he knew it in a incomplete always open-ended way open upwards towards god right the wonder the mystery of it i think we talked about what a thing is the sort of ontology of all. yes yeah yeah and that adam animals. and that adam can't exhaust what a thing is as long as what the thing is is an idea of god and not his idea so he can know about it but he can't know it like entirely. Yeah. For Adam there's always a symbolism, there's always a wonder, a mystery to everything. Yeah. There has to be because yeah. it's God's, it's not his, right? So he this is this is a, this is a I think a, a part of the mediation that he's fulfilling. In order to mediate that which is above to that which is below, you you never get a handle on what is above. That's why that's why it's above. You yeah. you have to you you act as a as a as a mediator. So it becomes what's above you, beyond your comprehension, beyond your ability, that you, that you must have a, take a position of filial uh, humility towards. You then, it sort of flows through you to what's below and takes on a earthly character through you. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, but you don't ever right. get a handle on yep. what you're mediating. Yep. You can't. Otherwise, you're not mediating it anymore. I think that's an aspect of original justice. It's not. It's not just the ordering of what's below, but the understanding of where your order is, right. where your place is in the yeah. order. Yeah. Not trying to usurp. Not trying to usurp that which is above. above. Yeah. Original justice goes in both directions, right? Okay. So, so that that temptation to know good and evil like God, I think, is to to say you're at the top of the hierarchy.
0: When the fall does occur, you have. That eerie verse be- begins the the story of, of Noah that God looked upon man and saw that the inclinations of his heart were only evil continuously. The natural law are inclinations in man's hearts towards the proper ends in society. Mm-hmm. Now we see that the inclinations are only evil continuously.
1: I mean, I, I just think we have to take Augustine, the Augustinian sort of understanding here and run with it, which is that evil has no existence in of itself, right? Per yeah, se, right? Yeah. yeah. So to, to, to be him. evil yeah. is not for the natural law to evaporate. Mm-hmm. To be evil is to disorder it. So it's still there. That's what evil is. Well, I think we need to talk about what happens after the fall to society, human society. Before the fall, the the, the function of law is not disciplinary. It's pedagogical, mm-hmm. right? There's no sin, mm-hmm. right? So there's no vice that you have to train people out of, right. right?
0: So that even in the pre-fallen society, you would still need to train your perfect, immaculate you, you train children them into virtue, into into the particular virtues, the particular the, virtues. The manners and mores right, of right. your time. When Christ is raised and he's growing in wisdom and stature and favor right, with exactly. man and God, that's what that, that's what's yeah. happening there. Yeah, exactly. Okay,
1: so. Once when, the fall occurs, then you have, what gets introduced is what Thomas calls the law of the stimulant to sin, which is just means, for him, it's um, the law of sensuality. So the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain in of itself, right? Like animal-like pleasure. Right, okay. And that's, that's a part of the looking down in the hierarchy, right? Certainly... So you're basically, you're positing yourself as just a really powerful animal. Once you have that Going on, you you, law proper law like good law has to now not only lead people into virtue through instruction, but has to train them out of that law. So we talked Mm -hmm. about how learning how to chew with your mouth closed is a aspect of learning how to be polite, which is how we specify um, respect for others, especially say our parents. Chewing with
0: your mouth closed being the human law law that corresponds in this particular instance. Of the natural law, which is respect or honoring your parents, your mother, honoring
1: your mother and yeah, father. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you the father now has to say, you need to you need to chew with your mouth closed because it's respectful, and because it's what we do here. And if you don't, you're gonna whatever have to go to your room after dinner. You have to you introduce a punishment, right? So then, in the child, they have they have what Saint Paul talks about with the war, the laws that are at war with their, with each other, right? So he has the law of the stimulant to sin saying, I want to, I want to pursue the pleasure of smacking my lips. <laughs> right. And I want, but I, I want to avoid the, the pain, however, of the punishment. The punishment that gets introduced is um, operating at the level of the sensual. If I, if I operate merely on the law of the stimulant to sin, merely on the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain, I don't love my father at all. I still might chew with my mouth closed because I'm scared of the punishment. But that's not the case because we're not totally depraved. We're not animals. So we always, within us, we have the, the two laws are at war. Right. right? And so the, the, the punishment uses the law of the simulant to sin in order to lead us towards the obeying of the proper law it's for the right reasons. Yeah. Right. It shifts the scales in that direction. Punishment is only an aspect of the law. It's sort of the remedial aspect that gets introduced. And, but the point of it is to lead people out of being, being subject to the law in that way, being subject to it, being afraid of it, mm-hmm. um, to fulfilling it. So becoming polite. Right. Now, the problem after the fall, so we, we can get this theoretically. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, I understand yeah. how that works. But that whole conversation is predicated on the idea that the father is virtuous. Right. Right? that yeah. those who are higher in the hierarchy are virtuous right. and want the young the person who's lower mm-hmm. to to increase in virtue. What if they're not? Right? What if the father is vicious? Yeah. Then what happens? Cuz then we remember in right. our previous conversation that we only get access the the natural law is mediated to us through our human law. Right? We live our natural law within our human law. Remember we talked about how do you even imagine what it would mean to be honor, to honor your mother without all the human laws where we instantiate that. Right, yes. Okay, so yeah. what happens if the human law is corrupt? What happens if the legislator of the human law is corrupt and who's, who's no longer... So now he's living by the law of the stimulant, uh, the stimulant to sin, the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. Mm. So he's now creating, using his power in the hierarchy, not to lead those who are lower than him into virtue, but to enslave them into vice so that he can dominate them, right? So here's what, so you can see there's a a trap here. So once sin enters, the laws that human beings would need in order to lead us out of vice and into virtue, so the kind of law, the kind of disciplinary slash pedagogical law we would need in order to lead us out, it's precisely because we're falling so precisely that we need it is also the reason why we can't make it. We're becoming vicious, which means we're vicious lawgivers. It's a downward spiral. You get worse over time. Society falls. And this is what Thomas talks about in the age of nature. So the age of nature, we descend after the fall into, he says, the most shameful vices and idolatry. So when we get to that passage in Noah, that's, what, that's what's going on. Wow. It's like we've descended into, into being animal-like. It becomes a, a self-perpetuating downward social calamity. And Thomas will say something things like, when you get initiated into a vicious society, becoming a good citizen becomes more like becoming a good thief rather than becoming a good man, right? So in these vicious societies, what does it mean to be good? It's it, so to, to obey their law, right? To, to be to be a good citizen according to their human law. Well, it starts meaning things like being powerful, being rich, being you know whatever we you know being godlike, basically.
0: Right, which can, brings us right back to that question of what was the temptation to be for, for Adam, right? Yeah, to to, to be the lawgiver. Yeah, and so
1: so you're no longer mediator you're no longer the mediator. Yeah. Now you're the origin in the end. Yeah, right. It's for you.
0: Could we um, look at the Tower of Babel, which comes right after this, as a way of trying to uh, uh, narrativize all the sure. theoretical things that, that are happening? So Go how ahead. would I read it? It goes, um, And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and the Buddhimen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Right. And let us make a name for ourselves. Right. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So, the, again, you have the city, natural law is co opted here, or whether right. it's perverted, so right. that man is not the mediator, he is the end. Right. And instead, they're going to make God the heavens. Right. The mediator for their own for end. their own power, it's, right? Yeah.
1: God becomes or the, the divine, that which is yeah. higher. That's what is higher. Exactly becomes um, a piece of technology to use to manipulate. It right. was kind of funny here. And so
0: then the next verse, you have the Lord came down to right, see the yeah. city. So they're trying to go up, and he's completely yeah. out of their the control. Full of these things,
1: yeah, it's it's beautiful. Little it's great. Yeah, ironies.
0: Uh, and he comes down to see the the city which they had built. And the Lord said, look, they are one people and they have all one language. And this only, this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that
1: they will not understand one another's speech. What language are they speaking? What language do they still have? And it it's the it's the language of adam why did they get evil so quickly why were they so good at being bad and and i think part of it is the power the conceptual power of the tools they had.
0: Like when Adam looks at the, at the what animals he and sees, he's, can, and he can name them. He
1: names them in a, le, at yeah. a way that is beyond what we can, can do. Cause he yeah. sees more and understands more. It's
0: more than just an ability to refer to something. It's, it's an articulation of their true identity. The language that is yeah. built mm-hmm.
1: is a, is a language of profound power to manipulate the world mm-hmm. right from the inside. That, I think, is one of the reasons why the evil is so, is so intense and happens so quickly in the Bible, right? The evil that human beings, once they fall, now they're very, very powerful evil people. <laughs> Man is meant to be unified, right? I mean, we're meant to be together. And so this division is a weakening of us, hmm. right? And I, and I think it's merciful. It's, a, it's, like, it's like when you take the iPhone away from the child because he's going to hurt himself with it, mm. right? And it's, it's like it's remedi- you're making him weaker for his own sake. So I, I think the division of humanity into languages into, is, is a weakening of them in a sort of adding of a, of a provisional nature to their worlds, like their social worlds. Right now, now they really are relative to each other. Now they really are incomplete. Now they they have to contend with each other. They don't understand each other anymore. And they don't
0: have access to Adam's language. They don't have access to that to the vision mm-hmm. anymore. I want I want to get at this. Go back to this idea of the natural law being perverted, because it's it, we've gone over it quickly. We've said well, it. Let's, but well, it's... let's
1: well let's talk about what happens yeah. after the yeah, division yeah, yeah. into the nations. Who do these nations become? I mean the the best the, the 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 example that'll become the most significant for the biblical narrative is Egypt. Right. Right? Well what does Egypt become? Like it becomes a temple state. Right? Like what they build is a temple state with a god king. Right. Where the where the king is Pharaoh is literally worshipped as a god. Yeah. And thought to and, be a and god. And society as a whole is one giant temple, basically worshiping God. And who are the people? Slaves. Right? Like this is that this is that, that vicious father at the dinner table. Right. Right, who's not mediating truth and goodness to his children, but is using his power to enslave them. The way the natural law becomes perverted is that we don't stop building temples. Yeah. We don't stop building society, human law that, that is organized towards worship. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why Pharaoh can build what he can build is because the natural law is still in play, right? Right. I mean, the irony in all this is, like, this is where we start getting ideas like king, like gods, like temples, like, you know, right? All the words that we were using when we talked about Adam. Yeah. Really, like, we're we, we, we are getting these concepts in, in this period, right, from from the perversions of them. Yeah. And we're saying when Pharaoh's a king, he's not really a king. You know, Adam was, was supposed to be the king. So you Pharaoh's have... a perverted king. Right. So, the, the, but, what, but what we're seeing is that even after the division into nations, now we're weaker, but we as a race, but we are at now as nations descending into slavery, right? And, and, and Israel, who's picked out, right, um, th- this one particular people, are sent into slavery and become the slaves of Pharaoh for centuries. Um, before they're rescued, right? Hmm. So this becomes their their common experience as well, hmm. which is a very interesting situation. And, and, and the question is to why? Why centuries in, as slave, as slaves under a God-king? Like what function? Like Thomas says there's a reason for everything in the Bible. So what was the reason for that? The reason is... And this, it says this throughout Exodus and, and through the Pentateuch, is that there are, as, as we're talking about the rescue of Israel out of that situation, there's multiple times, as I say, so that the, the Egyptians can see this, so that the Egyptians will come to understand the truth, right? Like, like the, the, Israel is for the nations. Like Israel, the, the story the story of redemption that then comes through salvation history is still about everyone, right? And so Israel is going to become a mediator, right? Like how Adam was supposed to be a mediator or, the, or those higher in the hierarchy were supposed to be the mediators for those lower. It's like Israel is going to become a mediator to, to mankind as a whole. Mm-hmm. But the only way, the way in order for this this is very, very complicated, but I think really, really beautiful. The way now that the truth can be mediated to the nations is through a nation itself. You're listening to The Catholic Social Difference.
0: You can get our podcasts, our videos, and our print magazine for one annual membership cost. Available
1: on our website, postliberalthought.com. Once Israel becomes basically idolatrous which they do they've become one of the nations like the nations well god pulls them out and then gives them a law it is a specification of the natural law right the so you proper one you think about how the yeah. law works first we get the ten commandments which we can think of as we talked about the other the other time as as abstract of an approximation of the natural law as we can kind of put in language and then quickly followed on the, on the Ten Commandments is the specification of that of those of those basic commands for this particular time and place for these people, how is it that they are to live these commands? And then we just and then we get the law of the Old Testament, right which is extremely extensive and seems baffling to people. Like people read it and can't understand what's going on. Yeah. But you don't know what's happening is that child at the dinner table, needs a law to pull him out. But in order for the, the specification of the natural law, human law that would be capable of pulling him out of his vice, has to understand who he is and make a law appropriate for him. So, so, for, this, so for example, at the dinner table, I have a bunch of kids, and there's one thing that's called manners or polite. <laughs> but that, the rules are different for the three-year-old than for the 12-year-old. But there's only mm. one law. Right. Meat. But he, the three-year-old has different laws, different specifications of that same law, right? Like he's allowed to do things that I would never allow my 12-year-old to do. What, what do you let him do? Like throw food on the ground or wear it like a, kind of like a hat? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but that helps us see then the specification of the natural law, so the truth, for Israel— as an idolatrous people, like as a vicious people coming out of Egypt, is that exactly that thing that they couldn't make for themselves, right? right? Like the law they couldn't make for themselves because they needed it so badly. They had replaced that natural
0: societal end from being adoration of God to being worship of self. Right. and And they could not come up with the proper human laws to change that back to how it was it originally to be. so
1: god yeah. has to intervene
0: and so he gives them a
1: human law that really does correspond it's a human law that is god's word that's the word of god the word of god human i mean it's, it's amazing it's, it's it's totally incarnational it's, it's christ beautiful. right it's it's for them and it's theirs so so for example you read you read in the law and it's like all this stuff about the stuff that's really mis- like mystifying to to moderns like the whole ceremonial, right—the sacrifices and the incense and the temples and all—like why, why all that? Because I, what what happens in like the wisdom literature when God said, "You really think I wanted that?" I mean, what do I? I don't care about your goats, you know. You know what I mean, right? And we know that, yeah, yeah, right. But then why give it all, right? To be kind of flippant about it, I hope I'm not, but it's like God saying, "I understand that you're basically idol worshippers." I'm going to give you a way of being kind of idol worshipers, but with me as your God, right? Instead of an idol. That custom, that, that language, that culture that you've adopted as a, one of the nations, I'm going, because it's not totally depraved, mm. right? Because it's still oriented towards the natural law in its own way. Right. You yeah. can, he can enter into it and work it towards the truth
0: well, okay so why are their their inclinations evil continuously it's not that there weren't nice guys it's not that joe wouldn't have bill over for dinner right, not that no. they wouldn't do one another yeah not that their favors. mothers the
1: mothers didn't love their children
0: yeah it's that the ends were switched around with something that was supposed to be a i mediator. mean this
1: can get this can get like like why do the pagans of the old testament why is sacrificing their children to the idols such a thing because they love their children so much it's precisely the, the 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 lingering truth of the goodness in humanity that underwrites the evil right doesn't that make sense
0: yeah so you give us another example maybe.
1: how is it that how is it that the armies of pharaoh are so effective because of the courage of his warriors Mm-hmm. The self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? That's real. Yeah, right. And in, and those inclinations, those inclinations of love of neighbor, love of, brother, love of brother, love—those are real things. Yeah. The perversion of them, which is evil, is not the a- a- annihilation of them. It's the it's the harnessing of the good for for inappropriate ends, for right. disordered okay. ends. Right. So, if anything, you want your soldiers to be more brave right? You want to foster their virtue of fortitude, of self-sacrifice, right? I mean, I think probably in pagan cultures, the greatest way to get people to sacrifice their children to gods is to get them to love their children more. Evil is manipulative. It's not, it's not powerful. Just like Satan in the, yeah. in the garden, he's Perversion manipulating, he's perverting the good. He's, yeah. not, he's not coming up with anything new. Yeah, so, so when we get when we get then to the law, the old law, what I want to try to understand this as is as a human law that's divinely given. Now the divine law is needed not only so we can achieve our supernatural end, right? but even even our natural ends, right? We can't, we can't achieve without divine intervention. And this is what Thomas says, our nature, like the old law, what happens in the age of nature, is that we come to understand that our reason is incapable of knowing the truth because we're fallen. And that in the old law, God instructs us in what is true. Right? He's telling us what we should have known already. Yeah. What he's doing is like is like giving us a society, the Israel a society. Live like this and you'll be just. In a sense, it's arbitrary, right? Because it's remember human law is relative. Right. Yes. Right? Yeah. But it's not it's not arbitrary because it's 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 an accurate instantiation of the eternal law, the natural law, in their cultural milieu, who they are. Like what Thomas will say is what we see with Israel is the closest that we ever get to a to a natural regime. Wow. wow, wow All right. Wow. Because because they're exactly. living the natural law. They don't have hmm. to pull it off. But hmm. they have a law. That's perfectly in keeping with the natural law, a human law. But so, I mean, one of the things that's yeah. fascinating then about this, this old law is that the way, the way Thomas will describe it for us is that there's the ceremonial and the judicial precepts. So the ceremonial precepts have to do with the love of God, the judicial with the love of neighbor. Okay, so one law code, and if you read the, the Old Testament, of course, the alternation between what we think of as like criminal law and ceremonial law is just totally fluid. It's one law, Right. And it's so, it's not even just a law. It's also, it brings us back to this architecture idea because what do they build? As soon as they get the law, as soon as they start getting the law, build a tabernacle, right? Mm -hmm. How am I going to build a tabernacle? here is a very, very detailed yeah. architectural plan. The last five and chapters not only, of the Book of Exodus. Not only is it an yeah. extremely detailed architectural plan, because yeah. you are so... Because, because Israel, you're so fallen that you don't know whether to do a Roman arch or a Gothic arch or a Red Door. <laughs> you know. So I'm going to tell you exactly yeah. what to do, which will be an exact... I will tell you what to build that will be an accurate, true temple for me, but out of you. Like, as if you weren't fallen... See, the paradoxes here are unbelievable, right? Wow. So wow. as if you weren't fallen, you would maybe build something like this. But the only reason why you would build something like this is because you're fallen, right? Otherwise, the cosmos would have been your temple. You wouldn't have needed a tent. The, the, wow. so, so it's a paradox. It has this, it, it's, a, it's an act of divine condescension and mercy. But, um, but I have always thought it was fascinating in that that it's not just the plans, but the craftsmanship, the artistry is inspired by God. So God says, "I'll." Yeah. I, he He gives them craftsmen who are inspired by God. Yeah, because they don't even have they can't their creativity, their rationality, their 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 ordering of means towards proper ends is so distorted that He can't even trust their their silver craft. Wow! Like what what like their their handiwork is inspired. It's pedagogical. It's for a child, right? Because yeah. Israel is like, is like a child. But but I do want to go back to how it is that that's mediating to the nations. Because we said Israel sort of pulled out to be a mediator. Well, why is it that they were put into the nations to become idolatrous? So that what happens when they're pulled out and then God gives them a law, instantiates a law in them, Mm -hmm. that is a true law for an idolatrous people? The paradox of that? Well, now that's intelligible to the nations, isn't it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right now they understand temples. They build them. So when when God is being worshipped in a temple, that is now coherent, Mm. right? They understand sacrifices. So here's a, you know, it's like, in a sense, God is speaking their language. Right. It's intelligible. Right. Yeah. They don't have access because of the way the human law works. The human law mediates the natural law, right? Here's a human law that mediates the, the natural law, the eternal law to you. Israel is a mediator, right? But it was necessary for them first to become slaves so that they could, so that that could work. I mean, this is more of the anthropology we're seeing in the Bible because it's showing us who we are—that we're historical people, that, that we're linguistic people, that we're cultural people—and so God has to engage with us as those things. And
0: of course, when you have Christ coming later, the true Son of Adam, the Second Adam, He is revealing the Word of God
1: um, in, a, in a in an intelligible oh, way. Oh, it's it's so in a, it's so profound. Also, it's so it blows your mind because yeah. because. What happens with Israel is that they, they get priests, kings, and prophets, right? It's divided up. Yep. Yeah. In the, in the coming of Christ, that's reunited. But what else happens in Christ? You think about what happened in the fall. That idea that human beings are God and we create a Pharaoh who's a God king, right? We're at the top of the hierarchy. Human beings. Human nature is as high as it gets. And everything's below us. But what does Christ do? Are we wrong after Christ comes? No, human nature, like human nature now is at the top of the hierarchy in Christ. Now, in a sense, we're right. We, we, we become right. Is our king, do we have a man who's also a God king? Yeah, we do. Right. It's like, not because he went up to that position, because he, he, came, he down came down. He came down and brought us up. Yeah. This is the happy fault, the old happy fault thing, right? Like yeah. we're in a better position than we were right? <laughs> through our sin, because of our sin. So, so we demand a God-king. We, we need a God-king. And so he gives us one that's him, that's himself, yeah. right? We, we, we insist that human nature is at the very top of the, the cosmic hierarchy, and we don't seem capable of, of, of thinking otherwise. So he saves us by making it true we
0: have no one to mediate for us because we've spiraled down and, yeah. and he's given us the law so that we can spiral up.
1: What Thomas says is that the law is inadequate because while it, it, it told us what was true, we couldn't, what it revealed to us is that we couldn't obey it. So then it humbled us in our will, you know, that we needed, now we, now we knew the truth, but we couldn't do it. So if, if we're to, to all this in
0: summary now, if we go back to right after the fall, we we see this incredible pace towards an evil end. This is an incredible rate at which we f- fell because we could not even conceptualize the proper order of the cosmos It was anymore. beyond us, yeah. It was beyond us. So that revealed our fallen intellect. Right. Once we had the law, the human law, that brought us right, corresponded perfectly with the natural law. We still could not follow it. And so that showed the weakness of our, of our wills, right? That's so what the Thomas weakness says. of our intellect. It's the first stage weakness of our wills is the second, right? And Jesus Christ. And then is that, the solution. And, and what
1: he does is yeah. bring the new law mm-hmm. and the new law is him. So, so remember the old law is incarnational, right? Because it's, it is, god's God's articulation the the articulation in human in the human culture Mm -hmm. of the law of his Mm -hmm. eternal law and then the the incarnation is the incarnation proper where god actually becomes a man to come be our king but um what what thomas says is that the new law brings the grace that was lost in eden brings it back so the divine law has the old law and then the new law which is most properly understood as grace itself to fulfill the natural law. This is very interesting because the way Thomas describes this is in the new law one of the things that the that grace brings us is the ability to legislate again. So why is it that we don't still live by the by the old law? Right? Because The virtue, the the ability to move into virtue through grace is the ability to become a legislator. Now, because of the new law, we're capable again of instantiating the natural law in diverse human laws. That's beautiful. That's great. Just as it was supposed to be pre-fall. That's what the church Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. That's the church. Right. And And so so
0: you find even this, I mean, to make a a
1: very obvious example of
0: the different liturgical rites— Sure. The church, the uh, Byzantine totally. right. This is the reason why the Roman church can be acculturated
1: right. into different cultures and it, it has the ability to, because the combination of of its prophetic office where it where it articulates the truth, which mm-hmm. is that articulation of the law and the grace that's necessary to live it, the combination of those two allow the law or the morals basically to once again become diverse within the truth. We don't lose law, therefore. How are we born? We're still born in the same condition, right? You, like you and I are born in the same condition as Abraham. We receive grace immediately at our baptism. And, we, and we're and receiving grace throughout our sacramental lives and through the life in the church. And we're also being instructed in law. And that law carries now because of the original sin, because we carry the weight of all of that with us. The law has both that, disciplinary and pedagogical function right because we have sin we have the law of stimulus to sin mm-hmm. but now we have the whole ladder necessary to climb out of it this is the story of the bible our intellects and our will have to be healed through the dynamic of salvation that's what salvation is and so we move we move through the whole old Te- the whole testaments so the old into the new those are all encapsulated into the new law
0: This has been the Catholic Social Difference with Andrew Willard Jones. To join in, write us a letter on our website or talk with us on Twitter. But most importantly, do pray for the conversion of your community to the truth of Catholic Social Doctrine.
1: Sacred Heart Window